What's up guys, it's Hot Take Without the Hot Take here and welcome back to another episode of Junior Senior 2 Views. NBA Draft has come and gone today. We has settled on we, another year. We were watching the picks happen as they were happening and let's go over it. So, the first overall pick with the Orlando Magic, there was no clear-cut number one overall pick. So, uh, we thought Jabari Smith, but they ended up going with Paulo Banquero out of Duke. Everybody I, thought Jabari Smith. I, in my opinion, he's the best player in the draft. Uh, he still leaves a little bit desi- to be desired defensively, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think he's a very good playmaker. He can defend all five positions. He's very versatile. So I think the Magic got themselves a nice pick here. Uh, they and they're probably going to put him at the four and Wagner at the three, and then put Bamba at the center so they can develop him. All right. So I mean, we'll talk about that first one just for a second. Well, you're talking about Paulo Bancaro. Well, it's 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 a decent move. He's yeah. the he's he's now the you know another number one from Duke. The last number one we know is Zion, and yep. Zion hasn't yet hit that trajectory. So hopefully, yep. uh, Paolo Bancaro can remain injury free yep. and be able to contribute to the Magic. Who look, that's a good move for them. They're a young team. They're not They've knocking got, down the door for the Eastern Conference yep, Finals, but with him. Cole Anthony, Shrugs, Suggs, Suggs, sorry, Wagner. Suggs, Wagner. They got themselves they got a good, a good core. team. And, and they extended Wendell Carter. So yep. that's a good team. That's a really, that's a really good Look team. Look at the rest of the picks. Uh, second overall, <laughs> Oklahoma City. The matchstick. Chet Holmgren. The bag of bones. Chet Holmgren. Chet so, bag of bones, so, Holmgren. Bag so of bones. I think this is, I, I like Chet Holmgren and his upside. Uh-huh. I've seen, I've watched his footage since high school. I really like his, his upside. I like his potential. Uh, it's going to be a weird OKC team because they're throwing out uh, SGA, Giddy, uh, Pokashevsky. Uh, you got uh, Dort in there, and now so, you now you've got Chet at the five. A very weird but interesting lineup. Um, I guess it comes down to you got all this talent, you yep. got all these picks. Is are Oklahoma City going to put a product on the floor? I feel like. That is going to be something consistent. That's I, the question. I said this to you uh, today. I feel like Presti is going to be is not. He's not one to. He's not a Sam Hinkie. He's not going to. He's not into asset management. So I think he's going to develop the players that he has, and when it's the time is right, Package I think I think he'll use the picks that he has and maybe and maybe throw in a young, uh, an expendable young player in there, maybe for a quality starting guy or a veteran to help them. Push to the playoffs because you know historically OKC. You know when it was Durant and Westbrook, those guys moved on. You had a couple other guys showing up and kind of just you know. Well, those the, are those the, the Durant the Durant and Westbrook picks were made in Seattle, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's look at the other ones. We got three. We know that Jabari Smith, who did not look thrilled about being. Yeah, not chosen number one, but nor did nor did nor did nor did Paula Bancara. He didn't look. Too thrilled, really? Being selected. I think he was imagine. happy being though. I think Jabari Parker was Jabari the, Smith. Jabari Smith, sorry, Jabari Smith was the one. Let's hope who, he doesn't end up like Jabari Parker with two ooh. ACLs. ACL. Jabari tears. Parker, shout out. Um, I mean, look, I mean, he was he seemed a bit salty, but maybe that's you like. I, mean, I hope he's not a chip but, on his shoulder. I yeah. mean, he's going. Look, they need forwards. The winners of this draft, we have to say it, has to be the Pistons and the Rockets. I think the Pistons got themselves a steal at five. They got Jaden Ivey. Uh, Keegan Murray went four to the to the Kings. Um, and they 
also traded uh, Jeremy Grant for a first round pick to the Blazers in 2025. Does that help them? I think I think that helps them free up free up playing time for the young guys. They're going through a youth movement, so it gets them back a decent asset, and it also allows allows them to. Uh, develop these guys. Yeah. And I like what Troy Reaver is doing right okay. now with this so, team. So, I mean, that was a good move for the Pistons. Again, the Rockets are there. I mean, you wonder because John Wall's still sitting out getting paid to just sit around. He's going to be sitting so... out for the rest of the time. He's not going to play. <laughs> I mean, that's great if you're John Wall. If you're anybody, here's a hundred-something million. He doesn't have to just do anything. Do nothing. Just watch some pickup games. Yeah. Go watch some TV. You don't have to show up. He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. So... Who are the who do you think the losers were? I mean, I don't know about the Knicks. Who did the Knicks draft, by the way? They drafted uh, one of the better oh, cent- yeah, better centers in the draft. Did he need a center and, and, and traded him to the Pistons along with Kemba Walker. Who um, and the Pistons are looking to buy out Kemba Walker. Right. Buy out Kemba then, Walker. So they get nothing for that. They no, they traded him. They got Usamani Deng from the from the NBL, yes. and I like his promise. Okay, uh, from the New Zealand Breakers. Um, I don't think the Knicks are losers in this situation. I think they made a good lateral move. Shout out to the eighth pick, by the way, Bendigo Kid. Uh, Dyson Daniels. Good pick up. And here. Luke Travers went uh, of the Perth Wildcats. Very promising forward with the Perth Wildcats. Went 56th overall in the second round. So all in all, a very deep draft. I think we'll see a lot of good starting caliber talent coming out of this draft. Wise for LeBron to not sign an extension with the Lakers. If you're LeBron, you're looking at this team and you think, okay, I'm going to try and uh, I'm going to evaluate, which is what he did with um, with the Cavs. He came back on a, one, on a one-year contract and then re-upped on a one-year uh, right. uh, uh, and then re-upped on a one-year contract yeah. uh, as long as they paid all of his free agent teammates for another year. So... It's going to – look, the roster they have right now, they've got a lot, a lot to figure out. Um, I saw a tweet that sources from Woj with sources saying that um, Darvin Ham and Rob Palenka had a meeting with Russell Westbrook to discuss his role and were open <laughs> about his roll, role. Roll on out of here. That's yeah. what you need to do. So, <laughs> look, it's all – I think if, the, if you're the Lakers organization right now, if I'm – if I'm Genie Bus, I am taking my handkerchief out and I'm wiping my wiping my forehead because this team is in some serious trouble structurally and uh, what their philosophy is right now. Okay. Because you've got a bunch of old guys sitting around, not really doing anything, with barely any young talent coming through the pipeline. What happens when LeBron bails? Okay. What do you do then? So I'm a, it's it's not unusual, as you said, for LeBron to go, I'm not signing extension right now. Because he's saying, I need to look at what's coming. And right now, there's nothing really coming. No. Because the Lakers had no first-round picks. They watched other teams, like in the West, like a... They traded their first-round pick for Anthony Davis. They watched their pick from New Orleans, you know, pick that they would have had, go to New Orleans. So, you know, again, it's those things that, that LeBron would be looking at. So I don't think it's unwise. I think it's just... LeBron being LeBron. He's well, a, he's well, a the, so well LeBron coming back to L.A. was all about convenience for him. He wants to make his situation in his final years as convenient as he as possible for him. He's openly said on his show, his HBO show, The Shop, he wants to play with Bronny. 
So Just probably want to play with him. Yeah, <laughs> that is. I, I don't want to play with Dad. That Too is, much pressure. That is interesting because because uh, he's also said that Bronny wants to make a name for himself. Which, if you're the father of arguably the greatest player of all time, obviously you want to do that. You don't want to be compared to your dad. Okay. Takeaways from the Celtics season. Uh, in the finals, I think they were disappointing. They definitely disappointed. They disappointed me as well. Um, <laughs> they definitely yeah. did. Celtics, Celtics gonna win this. I feel it. Celtics gonna win this. Look, They're gonna win this. That's oh, yeah. the, I put optimism in, and they went further than I expected in this play in these playoffs. And you had them going all the way to the finals. No. No, not I didn't. Against, I didn't. The I didn't have them going. Against the, I didn't the, have them going. Against the Nets uh, I had them winning the Buck series in seven. I had them winning the Buck series in seven, and heat? and they and they. I didn't have them beating the Heat. No, no I did not. Um, but it no. After the Buck series, I was like, this team could go all, could go to all the way, because um, I saw something in them. But I think for the Celtics right now, not much really. They do need to change a couple things. But I think uh, they need—they just need to tinker around the edges right now. And I think the best development for them needs to come with from within. This is a okay. great first year for Ime Udoka. Mm-hmm. I think um, Jason Tatum has to go into this offseason evaluating how he played in the finals because it wasn't good no. and, and the playoffs as a whole. Yeah. Um, and I think they need—they need—they need more, but okay. they need to get it out of Jason Tatum. Okay. So my takeaway from that is that they need a point guard. First yep. and foremost, Marcus Smart is not a point guard. He's a good guard, but he's not a point guard. And so they need somebody to control the ball, to handle the ball, based on the min- the millitudes of turnovers. Well, they're going to be looking deeply at Jalen Brunson. Right. So, again, that's something to look at. I think, obviously, it speaks to Jason Tatum, you know, beating the record of turnovers during the entire playoffs. Yeah. But the fact that he stayed out, they had video of him, lone Celtic walking around, watching the, the Warriors celebrating. Those kind of things, as a young player, you want to watch and see what it's like to get there. Yeah. So the takeaway, look, Brad Stevens can be considered a genius now. The office can be considered a genius. You move from coach to office, to you know front office, there must have been something good there. The hiring of Udoka was, was clever. He's the right coach for the right team. And so, yeah, I would say... Will he will he remain the co- right coach for the right team? Because well, we've seen this core can be volatile. They need they need harmony. Right, but he's he seems like the right guy to sort of be that kind of calming influence. They and need so, harmony. Otherwise, this team will not go anywhere, as we saw, not this season, but the season prior. Yeah. Uh, moving on. What's a likely return scenario the Celtics return to the finals next year or the Warriors I think it's more likely that the the Warriors return to the finals I think they have as I've said they not only have this core but they have a slew of young talent that's starting to emerge I think this offseason Poole is eligible for a big contract but I think the front office will probably give him probably take the take um the qualifying offer on his contract and hold out for another run because what they have right now, uh, they have they have cap space, but not too much of it. They're putting their faith in a lot of youth guys. They've got a good youth youthful bench, but uh, you've obviously got that core of Steph, Clay, and Dre. No matter what, if that core is healthy, they're always going to be in conversation to go back to the finals. Okay, so 
Definitely the Warriors. I think the Celtics road is a hell of a lot harder. Yep. Because as we've seen from the draft, their teams have improved. I'm not saying that, you know, Detroit or even Orlando is going to be making that kind of threat. But that makes them more competitive. And you still got teams like the Bulls in the mix in that in the, in the East. <laughs> but once they lose, once they lose Ted Levine, Zach Levine's gone. But that's that's beside, it's true. We know you and I both know it's true. Besides that point, you have to worry about Milwaukee because I believe if Chris Middleton was healthy, Milwaukee wins that series. Yep, so, they missed that space. So you know, there's a lot of teams that the Celtics would be looking at dealing with, and what's going to happen next. So I think the, I think the, the Warriors they've served notice. They're, they got everything. They got the front management. We're they still got, here. They got the good coach. They got everything in place to make that big run again. Because let's face it, we're talking about their fifth, if not for Draymond Green, a few years back, getting suspended, missing out that game, yeah. forcing the game seven. LeBron wins for Cleveland. I don't think LeBron touches. I don't think Cleveland wins. If Draymond Green's playing. Maybe. So everything's changed. Steph was also pretty stinky in that series. But we're looking forward now. This Warriors dynasty shows no really signs of stopping unless injuries get to them. They need to stay healthy. If they stay healthy, they're going back to the finals. Okay, next one I'm looking at. How how important is it that Steph Curry is now sitting at the table? He's sitting there. I he think already it, sitting uh, there. He, no, I think this championship solidified it. He's up there with the greats. Um, he finally got his finals MVP. I think it's really important, especially for the younger generation, to see an all-time talent like Steph Curry. Um, he's a once-in-a-lifetime player. And you can say that about very, very, very few people in this league. Okay. Um, there are so many players who come and go in this league. More players that have come today through the draft, um, but a lot of players they ultimately yeah, go. A lot of players go, and very few players, uh, very few players stay. Even fewer make a significant mark to be a starting caliber player, and an extremely few make a mark that puts them as um, a multiple time All Star, yeah, a multiple yeah. time champion, and a franchise changing talent. Yeah. And for someone like me. Who's who hasn't been watching basketball as long as you? I've only seen two really life-changing talents in my lifetime, and that's been LeBron James and Steph Curry. Okay, so look, I, I think he was already at the table. I don't. I, I think it, it depends on what table people want. That's my thing. Do you want the table that has Steph Curry sitting as the all-time three points? You know, a the all-time three-point yep. maker. He sits at that table. I think previ- I think previously people saw him as a modern basketball pioneer, but just outside of the top ten. Right, but I think he's totally, you know, changed that. And yeah. I believe also let's take not take to the fact that during the playoffs his defense was better because he's always been known as being uh, not great on defense, and he was taking it in. Yeah, I mean, you know, people worry about Steph taking it from outside so much that you don't realize how good he is. Taking it to the hole. Yeah. And so I think it's big because there's those out there who poo-poo that saying, well, you know, he's there because of other things. He's not your prototypical guy sitting there. No. And I, I think, think it's know, it's that discussion is done. He's up there with in the pantheon of probably the ten greatest players of all time. And that's not putting it lightly. That's not putting it lightly at all. Yeah. Um could Kyrie leave Brooklyn? I think it's a legitimate possibility considering <laughs> 
the things that was that word today. Yeah, it's reached the middle. So of the there is there is um, he's reached an impasse with Sean Marks and management. Marks is uh, his previous comments have shown just as much, um, and he's uh, it's also a possibility that he'll opt in to his player option and request a trade. I think I honestly I don't I think right now for Brooklyn he's such a I. It's hard for me to really see that because Kyrie is such a talent. He's so good. When he keeps his head level and he's straight and he's not worrying about other things outside of basketball, he's an elite player. He's so good. But when he's getting bogged down in all of this um in all of this uh m- mentalities of the vaccine or uh his opinions or um his sort of oh yeah holier than thou attitude mm. he is he's clouded he can't play um he can't play like the the superstar talent that he is and i think right now he's more of a negative asset due to his headlines than he is a positive asset on the court to the nets right now so i think the situation is untenable whatever you can get back for him you have to take so those re- the reports were going to be it's interesting you know it all happened in brooklyn you know, the draft happened in Brooklyn, so why not at the same time talk about Kyrie? My thoughts are that it might not come to that. It mm. might not. Because the only determining factor here could be who wants him. And that's the thing. I know There's, there's going to be some dumb franchise throwing picks at them. I know there's teams out there that say, we'll take you. But he missed so much time. And maybe there's issues now in the contract that are saying, you need to show up this much percentage of games in order to get certain things. Maybe they've done that. I don't know because I haven't been to their meetings because they don't invite me. So I think from the big standpoint is that, yes, I agree with you. He is ta- Kyrie Irving super-duper talented. Take nothing away from that. Yeah. He's won a championship. There's a reason why he's up there as mm-hmm. far as one of the better players in the league. It's, when, it's the other stuff. He's missed 123 games last couple seasons. Yeah. Why? Because of the whole COVID thing. And that's, that's created, that created and – and he put his team in jeopardy. He, he affected his team by yep. not showing up to games. They Har- were- Harden was pissed enough to p- pissed enough to request a trade. So I don't know. I mean, he, look, this is Tyree though. This is ever since Cleveland and he left, went to Boston. That didn't work out. Now he's in Brooklyn. It wouldn't surprise me if he leaves. It wouldn't surprise me. Wait the, for it if he goes to the Lakers. The, it wouldn't even a much against LeBron chagrin because he and LeBron don't like each other. There's gonna be some dumb so, franchise that throws picks. That leaves Russell the, handing the, out drinks. There's gonna to be the there's gonna be a dumb franchise that throws picks and assets at the Nets to to get him and that will placate to him. Watch, there will be some some franchise to do that. Well, there always is, but the, the question is which which franchise that that's gonna be close enough to get better. You're not just going to go anywhere. He's not going to want to go anywhere. He's going to want to go to yeah. either of the LAs. Well, he has so. to be. He has to be the guy. I think it's it's all but a given at this point that he has to be the guy. He's not going to be in anybody's shadow. Okay. Whether it's LeBron or Durant. All right. Kenny Atkinson says no thanks <coughs> to the Hornets. Was that why? Of course it was. You're the assistant coach for a championship winning team, and you're you're given an offer by. A team that can't get past mediocrity right now and has an owner in Michael Jordan who is, for all intents and purposes, meddling in the front office at times. 
I think that was a very astute decision by Kenny Atkinson. I think it was stupid. What? I, I, I'll go against you. I, I think that the whole idea is Kenny Atkinson, and I've looked at the numbers. I'm not going to even go into the numbers. He's a, he's a sort of a... He's a good coach. He's okay. His, his record as a coach is sort of 500. Uh, you know, he coached the Nets before the Nets were really good. Like, you know, he coached the Nets when the Nets were just thrown in there. You know? And... He's well, he took he took a ragtag roster of guys who were straight question marks and developing young guys who were late first round picks because remember they didn't have any picks thanks yeah. to those thanks to the brilliant trades of Billy King yeah. to the seventh seed against against Philadelphia okay. in a series that they actually made competitive. So I'm wondering whether or not there is something else here. So Kenny Atkinson didn't sign anything. So look. You know, he didn't, nothing, there was no pen to paper. So he could easily turn around and go, not me, I don't want to do it. So whether or not there is something looking at Steve Kerr, because Steve Kerr's had some health issues, and whether or not Steve Kerr has sort of, you know, you know implied something, whether, I don't know. I mean, the getting is good when you're the, when you're the assistant at, at Golden State, but you think that was a springboard. I mean, yeah. Luke Walton... For all intents and purposes, he's a horrible coach. Don't no, even. I'm start just using him as an example because he was an assistant there, and he was able to watch the Golden State Warriors run up and down and win games in Steve Kerr's absence. And then what did that happen? He ended up leapfrogging to get the coaching job in Sacramento. I don't know if that in was LA a first, then Sacramento, and then Sacramento. You know, we, look, it didn't work out, but that's a springboard. So I don't know. Is there a Kerr tree forming? Who knows? All I know is next in line. Again, Sam Cassell is not mentioned as a coach, I know, and yeah. I don't understand why. I feel like no Kenny Atkinson, in my opinion, he's a good coach. He's he's gotten more out of less. I don't really think he's a he's he's not a head coach that can take you to a championship, but he's a coach that will take your franchise up a peg. And I think that's what the Hornets wanted okay. in him. I think that the NBA is starting to shift, and a shift should happen now, where former players. Who have chance a chance to sit down and be an assistant and learn the ropes and get seasoned like a Darvin Ham, right? Like Chauncey Billups. Like Chauncey Billups. Those are the guys who are coming up now. So Sam Cassell should get his due because he's done enough and he should get a chance to get a head coach job over Kenny Atkinson because he's had his chances. Next. All right, moving on. With Anthony Rendon out for the season with a wrist injury, are the Angels snake bit? I think so. The <laughs> Astros, the, the, the Astros are starting to make a run. Well, starting and, to, they've been and, they've been running a long time. Yep, yeah, starting. No, to. they're starting to make a run. Um, look at the in, standings in terms of getting back up there in the AL West. They're already there. Yep, they and, haven't left. And I and I think this signals the end for the Angels this season. <laughs> they don't have the depth to cover for Anthony Rendon's loss. They don't. No, they don't. And I'll tell you something. I feel sorry for Shohei Tani. Oh, yeah. Because he's been smacking the ball around. He's been striking guys out. And all these efforts are the only reason why those seats get filled at that stage. When it truly bottoms out is when Trout gets injured. It's not a matter of if. It's when he gets injured. Well, the Angels are currently four games under five hundred, But they're already ten and a half behind. I, you start throwing dirt on things, you start throwing dirt on them. So I've said it. You know, Madden needs to go. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's gone already, though. Yeah, good. Yep, he's gone. <laughs> Where have you been? We talked about this. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that was my fault. Madden, Madden needs to go. Madden's gone. Joe Madden's gone. But 
But nothing's changing until the man at the top realizes that his metal he's a fan of baseball, but he's not Jerry Jones. Artie Moreno is not Jerry Jones. He lacks no sort of baseball savvy or intellect to be able to um, push his team before. forward. Nothing. He I does, see where you're going. 2009. Hang on. Let me just dust he, off the feet. You're getting. You're starting to stand on your soapbox. I hear. I, I feel. I. I feel it coming. This sounds familiar. He I fe- know. He fell off the rails after 2009. Shout out to urinating just, tree. Done. <laughs> but he. He's not. He really isn't Jerry Jones. Next. Good. All right. All right. Next one. I'm looking at it. Let's see. Uh, Anthony Rendon. Which team? Which, which team? team? Gets a new stadium first. Your two favorite teams in the whole of baseball. The A's or the Rays. The A's are going to move. Watch. <laughs> Howard Terminal is not going through. It's not going to happen. They're paying one, $1 billion for the stadium. The team is going to pay for the stadium. Where's the other $11 billion coming from that's going to pay for all the corporate offices and, and other like fun toys around it? Who's going to pay for that? It's not going to be Alameda County. It's not going to be that. Mm. So the... The Rays will probably adhere to the the St. Pete lease at Tropicana until it expires. Then they will, and in the meantime, they'll try and find a location in downtown Tampa. Once that lease expires, they'll most likely move to downtown Tampa because that's where they belong. Because Tampa is a good sports city that will support the Rays because they're a good baseball team year in year out. The A's are not so. The A's are not a good baseball team. Their ownership is cheap. They blew up. The, the team this past offseason, they're run like a bare-bones operation right now, and they're gonna they're moving to Las Vegas. I don't see any way that they're not moving out of Oakland. Okay. I'll agree with you that, I mean, both teams are under lease anyway. So the A's are under lease with Alameda, I think, till 2024 or 2025. And I think Tropicana... They'll probably pay a penalty. And Tampa's with Tropicana, I think, till 2027. Yeah. And they refused to go to Montreal. I don't know why that Montreal... Uh, I don't know, why was it even a thing to begin with? No one cared in Montreal when the, when the Expos left anyway. Why was so, it even a thing to begin with? So, I don't think anybody really cares unless you are a diehard A's fan or a diehard Rays fan that have season tickets... And well, I at, think at, at Oakland, watching the next person, well, which Oakland, is all the way up there... It's the two worst stadiums in baseball. Both stadiums are a dump. Well, the Alameda's older. Uh, 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 Ricky Henderson Field, or whatever it's called nowadays, is a is a it's literal like, toilet. But that's one of the last multi-purpose. Yeah, but it, it's but it's not even that efficient. And Tropicana is absolutely terrible as well. So it's going to be the A's moving out of Oakland. The Rays will probably adhere to this lease, find a location in the meantime. Uh, and build a new stadium at that location in downtown Tampa or somewhere close to downtown Tampa because that's where the fan base is, not St. Pete. Okay. What does the talk from new Chelsea owner Todd Bogle says what could happen to the team? Okay. So there's a lot of talk about this. So Chelsea had sort of a, an up-and-down season considering they were the Champions League uh, def- defending champions. Uh, and they didn't make it past the... They didn't get to defend their title. Um, it's... It is... I didn't see his comments. They sort of... It, I should have seen him. Even in passing, I should have seen him. Well, I did. I right. saw them. So I will quote. Yep. Financial fair play is starting to get some teeth. And that will limit ability to acquire players at any price. 
That's what he said at a conference in Berlin. So he's also a part owner of the Dodgers. Well, so, let me let yes. me let me go back to. So he's part of the Guggenheim Baseball Group. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not baseball. This is not baseball. Um, there's no salary cap in football, but there is a lot of regulation around transfers, transfer fees, and a lot of regulation around third party uh, involvement in transfers. Um, Chelsea were slapped with a transfer ban a couple years back during the um, during the Sari era, and they were not able to get anybody. Uh, I think this is. I think Chelsea right now need an need oomph to get to the next level. They've got guys. I like Mason Mount. Uh, Timo Werner is kind of. Eh. They'll probably sell off Lukaku back to Inter Milan, but um, I think I think. They need to. He needs to find a way to be able to get a good transfer that works for this team or build from within because okay. they've got pieces. So this is one of those situations where I think fans in the UK will be up in arms because another American owner has somehow got a hold of their beloved origin team. So well, he's a he's an American owner in a good way that actually cares about the product on the field, not a Stan Kroenke, not a Joe Glazer, okay. not a Bruce Buck. Okay. But still, it won't it won't hide the disgust from some fans. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yes, there is no limit to what the spending is as far as soccer goes, and I think that's something. But there is a lot of regulation. But of a course, lot. and that's something that as a new owner, he's going to have to wrap his head around. Yeah. Um, I would say that it's very easy to get lulled into that sense of we need to be tightened around this and tightened around that. You're Chelsea. You can't. You're yeah. not like. You're not like coming out of relegation where you can have that time to sort of build back up. Well, you're here. You're always up there. The transfer ban ended for them uh, about a year and a half ago. That's how they were able to get Timo Werner. Um, They just need need a piece or two. I don't think it'll be a big transfer. I think they'll get some guys of substance or like smaller names to try and build up their depth because that's what they need right now. They need depth. (laughs) We're going to hop to NHL. Mm-hmm. Are the Ning finished? I don't think... I think... I don't think they are. I'm not going to count them out just yet. But it's a 3-1 lead. The Avs took, took a game at that ML Arena. And Nazem Kadri, I said crazy. he was the difference. He came in and scored the winning goal in overtime. I think, I think this is the Avs' time. But they still need to be careful around this... This um, Tampa Bay team, they look a bit... Uh, they Make no mistake, these two... This game still went to OT. Yeah. So it's by no means... It hasn't been easy for the Avs. Mm-hmm. But they... It's apart from that um, shellacking in game one. Yeah. But they still need to be careful. Mm-hmm. This, this um, Tampa Bay team will not go anywhere until you drive... The stake through the heart. Okay. And that's what they need to do. And I said that last time. I said that it's not over till, you know, the Avs are, are hoisting that Stanley Cup. And they could hoist it tomorrow. Yeah. They could. Yeah. It's not impossible, but I don't, I just don't feel comfortable. Momentum can change now. on a dime in the NHL. I just look so. at the fact that there's more, there's a lot more pressure on Tampa to win three in a row than the Avs having to win one. Yeah. So I guess that's the thing is 
Who's going to feel the pressure more? The team that needs to win three in a row? Or the team that needs to win Well, we saw how the Penguins faltered in the, in the second round when they were trying for their three-peat. Okay. So, right. it's going to... Even though the, the Lightning have gone further than them. Okay. Moving on. We're just going to do a few on this day. So, on or around this day, uh, David Robinson scored... 71 points. That is, in, in my opinion... But that, that was the Clippers no, bad. In my opinion, that's the most petty scoring uh, game I've ever seen. Because I'll tell you why. Guess who was very close to him on the scoring on the scoring champion? Just behind him. Shaq. Uh-huh. And them two were beefing at the time. So, San Antonio knew. David Robinson oh, knew. Of course, they let him play. And they the just gave him the why ball against a garbage <laughs> Clippers team. An absolutely moribund Clippers team at the time, and they let him win the scoring title. Shaq scored thirty-three points that game, but it was his in his game that day. But it wasn't enough. Yeah, it was. It's the most petty seventy-one game scoring game ever. I don't give it much credence because it was that petty. Okay, on or on this time, Ray Allen with the shot that forced the game a game seven against the Spurs. Heat Spurs round one. That left. That whole Spurs team completely shell shocked that night. That I heard from Patty Mills. He said at dinner, none of them spoke. That's how shell shocking that shot it was. It was a great that's shot. How, it was that's how I. That's how iconic that shot was. It symbolized not only a change in that series, but yeah. a change in the whole NBA landscape at the time. Yeah. If that shot does not go in, LeBron doesn't win his second ring, no. and people are still thinking of LeBron as sort of a loser. And he only wins. He only, he only, he only ended up winning one in Miami. If that was the case. Yep. So not two. That and so he saved. It. And remember, he missed that three. Right. So it was a massive shot. And in OT, this the there was a equally big block by Bosch on Danny Green. So yeah. two. Big moments. Oh, yeah. Changed the series entirely. So it was a massive moment. And lastly, on or around this day, 38 years ago, Michael James Jordan, drafted by the Bulls with the third pick. I, the, Do we know the two people in front of him? Sam Bowie, Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> Sam Bowie, we know. Well, he was, was, was he could have been something, but oh, injuries, but injuries. Poor Portland, another yeah, poor, injured player. Poor Sam Bowie. The, the worst is that video. Anybody ever see that video of him falling on the ground and hitting the floor, and you see his his leg at a forty five degree angle? Yep. it is nasty. And then and then um, we know the rest. Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. What really I I know is LeBron. Uh, Mike goes without saying. Um, but it, what's interesting to me is. Hakeem Olajuwon was picked before Michael Jordan. Nobody calls it a bad pick because everyone knows what Hakeem did. He was right. incredible. No one calls it a bad pick at all. And they needed a center. And they and they were going to take Hakeem. He was the best player that in that college. I know. There's year. also that thing that's going important. What were you thinking? You should have drafted this guy. But well, this they is... needed a center. And Sam Bowie was pretty right. good. Exactly. They needed another guard because they had Clyde Drexler. Sa- Sam Bowie could have been something. And they had Clyde Drexler. And yep. this is why we look at drafts going... It's always easy to go hindsight's twenty twenty, yep. but everything changes. Sam Bowie, what's good at what's good at number one is bad. What's bad at number round four is great. Yeah, I think Sam Bowie's one of those guys you can't really say. Oh, he was a bust. He was injured. He played yeah. a little much. He played he was, for eleven he, years. He, he was played pretty, after that. He was pretty good. He wasn't that bad. He wasn't. He, he was, played on crappy teams. Yeah, he, he was bad. a he was a 
solid starting center could could have been could have been a multiple time All Star. Oh, well. And he had that potential. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah, that's our show. Yeah. Yep, that's our show. Uh, also, just a quick thing: Rob Gronkowski is retired for the hey, second time. Hey, not for long. Are you not sure? Not for long. I'm telling you, Tom Brady's gonna do. Hey Rob, let's run this again, and he'll go. Uh, all right, all right. He's he is broken. I'm sorry. Oh, real do it. He'll do what Tom Brady says him to do. No, I think this is. Or fun. he'll go in the WWE. No, circuit. I think this he'll is. He'll be the Gronk. I think this is. He'll be a wrestling. I think he'll, he'll be wrestling. I, th- I think sure. it's more likely he for goes. For sure. I, it's more likely he's Gronk. He he mo. It's most likely he goes WWE. Of course. Considering how how the WWE's product he's right now is the Gronk. Yeah, I think that'd be great for him to go there. Yeah. But I don't think he, I don't think he's ever going to go back to the NFL. We'll see. I think I think it's done. Um, I thought Lad, I thought his first retirement had him done. No. Because his explosiveness was gone, his he looked weather beaten that that season. But he came back, won another ring, yeah. and I think I think it's done now. Done? We'll yeah, see. I think he's done. Never say never. All right, that's our show for this week. If you come from TikTok, welcome. welcome. We do these things one or two times a week, yeah. depending on how we're feeling. See how we feel next. Next, we'll have more baseball. Stanley Cup winner. Um, Stanley Cup winner will be looking back at the series, seeing where Tampa went wrong, yep. seeing where the Avs went right. And that's our show, so we'll see you next time. Bye.